welcome welcome to the brand identity design podcast my name is jason and uh, i am a designer by profession i also do podcasting so thank you so much for your love and support uh, we are broadcasting live on linkedin and clubhouse as we speak uh thank you thank you for being here so we are officially going to start season 3 and uh, this is my first episode of season 3 uh we're going to be speaking about niching and positioning unfortunately my my guest had a, a last minute uh cancellation so she does send her apologies to all my listeners uh she would not be joining in for today's sh- show but i have a few things planned out uh so the very first thing which we are going to do is discuss about niching and positioning and uh, and post that we're going to chill out and uh, just give you a little premise of uh you know how the shows are going to be structured in the future how things are going to be uh the changes which i have implemented on the season 3 uh of this podcast stuff like that so so thank you so much uh guys for for your love and support I want to personally thank uh melissa anthony uh Cindy Lou and Mark my thing Mark is listening on both platforms simultaneously Mark thank you <laughs> so so glad to be here so the first thing which i want to uh, want to brief you guys about the guest uh, you know Anneli Hansen so i want to actually give my appreciation to Anneli for accepting uh, my invitation initially although she could not make it so if you don't know who Anneli Hansen is she is an entrepreneur educator and also a brand strategist from Stockholm Sweden Uh, she's an award-winning brand strategist. She has uh, around 20 plus years of experience in brand strategy, design thinking, marketing, uh, and uh, she also has a very unique positioning in the marketplace. You know, she bridges the gap between uh, creative professionals and businesses. You know, because creative guys, uh, you know, does not do not really have a fair understanding of a business. There's always this gap, so she tries to bridge that gap. and i have actually personally learned a lot from anneli and that's one of the reason i wanted to have her on board because she has been in positions like a cbo which is a chief brand officer she's also worked as a chief marketing officer uh, for a multi billion dollar company in europe uh, called landmanen I-, i hope i'm pronouncing that right uh, this company has been awarded as a most sustainable brand in Sweden in 2014 and 2019 not only that she also worked with brands like coca-cola levi's polaroid polaroid john deere and even volvo a lot of amazing companies so thank you so much so that was actually information about my guest so let's actually uh, in a deep dive into our conversation i want to actually you know just invite a few of my friends because you know since we don't have my guest we're going to be having just a a conversation collective conversation uh, with one another so the first thing which i want to uh, do is you know i want to actually speak about what is niching down Okay now see I'm not really a niching niching expert guys so don't hold me accountable for this this is based on my background and my knowledge as a designer as to what I feel uh niching down means now niching you know it can feel very counteractive a uh, counterintuitive not counteractive counterintuitive because at first when we think of scaling down instead of scaling upward this actually does not leave people in a very comfortable position Okay now what is actually a niche a niche you know in in marketing sense it it refers to uh you know it refers to a market segment or a place in the market your product or service 
specifically targets and i i know that this sounds a little complex i really like what annelie has as a definition for niching uh, according to annelie she says niching is finding a small segment of a larger market so that you can understand their needs and wants i love love this explanation quite a lot because i think it it is easy simple to understand now what are uh, some of the uh, benefits of niching you know see what it does is that rather than trying to be all the things to all people a narrow focus you know helps you to find tune your brand uh, leave you as a better position business for financial success i don't know if you if you guys remember but you know there is a lovely video by simon senek and he speaks about the law of diffusion of innovation and he actually gets into pretty detail as to how the market is categorized into five segments uh, you know early adopters and innovators then early majority late majority and laggards i'm going to actually briefly play that clip uh, by simon senek and we're going to continue this conversation further okay i had a little technical glitch there so i'm just going to restart the audio clip again something called the law of diffusion of innovation and if you don't know the law you definitely know the terminology the first 2.5% of our population are our innovators the next 13.5% of our population are our early adopters the next 34% are your early majority your late majority and your laggards the only reason these people buy touchtone phones is cuz you can't buy rotary phones anymore <laughs> We all sit at various places at various times on the scale but what the law of diffusion of innovation tells us is that if you want mass market success or mass market acceptance of an idea you cannot have it until you achieve this tipping point between 15 and 18% market penetration and then the system tips and i love asking businesses what's your conversion on new business and they love to tell you oh it's about 10% proudly well you can trip over 10% of the customers we all have about 10% who just get it that's how we describe them right that's like that gut feeling oh they just get it the problem is how do you find the ones that just get it before you're doing business with them versus the ones who don't get it so it's this here this little gap that you have to close as jeffrey moore calls it crossing the chasm because you see the early majority will not try something until someone else has tried it first and these guys the innovators and the early adopters they're comfortable making those gut decisions they're more comfortable making those intuitive decisions that are driven by what they believe about the world and not just what product is available these are the people who stood online for 6 hours to buy an iPhone when they first came out when you could have just walked into the store the next week and bought one off the shelf these are the people who spent $40,000 on flat screen TVs when they first came out even though the technology was substandard and by the way they didn't do it because the technology was so great they did it for themselves it's because they wanted to be first people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it and what you do simply proves what you believe In fact, people will do the things that prove what they believe. The reason that person bought the iPhone on the first in the first six hours or stood in, six, in line for six hours was because of what they believed about the world and how they wanted everybody to see them. They were first. People don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. So, 
Okay, so that's the that's a two minute clip. You can actually find this on uh, YouTube as well. I would have all the links to whatever we are discussing, important links on my show notes. So thank you so much, guys. You know, for joining our conversation, I would uh, you know really appreciate if you guys can share uh, this space on Clubhouse or LinkedIn. Invite more people to join our conversation. Okay, so we're going to be speaking about niching and positioning. Okay, so so as you understand from the from the conversation from from what you heard in the video by Simon Sinek, he speaks about how the market is categorized into different segment and acquiring a larger chunk of that market is really hard. You know, not only in terms of uh, opportunity, marketing cost, advertisement cost, acquiring such a large group of audience is next to impossible. And that's the reason why, uh, you know, the law of diffusion of innovation really states that you should target on early adopters and innovators. You know, it's very similar to niching uh, because niching also does the same thing. You have a smaller target market to work with. Uh, what you do is when you transition to a more a specialized approach for this industry, ultimately you would be more equipped to understand their their needs, wants, able to tailor-made a solution for them. And not only that, in the process, you know, your clients have a better retention. You have a better retention uh, with your clients. You will spend less in terms of, you know, publicizing or, you know, creating collaterals. Word of mouth publicity is highly, you know, is, is really high when you do all these things. So generally, uh, you know, when you do niching, you know, there are f certain market standards, there are certain, certain parameters, you know, it is divided into. We have demographics being one. Demographics includes age, gender or income. Then you have location, you know, it can be international or national or even focus on a specific area in a certain region. Then you have price, uh, you know, is it like a, a necessity uh, item or is it a luxury item? And then you have psychographics, you know, it can be based on personal interests, uh, you know, preferences or values. So this is how a market can be divided. Many factors, you know, uh, which involve here. When you actually create customer personas or buyer persona, basically, uh, you segment them as per demographics, uh, location, psychographics, needs, wants. Some uh, professionals, some marketers also do empathy maps as well. It's also another approach we can go ahead with. Some of the other key benefits of niching is that it, it offers an enhanced customer relationship. It brings brand loyalty. You severely cut down on your competition because, you know, you're focused specifically on uh, a given problem offering solution. It helps you to have greater trust and credibility overall. Now, your network... You know, in the process of while you're actually building up your network and building more momentum, what you realize is that you would have people who fall under uh, the same interest as you to be, more, you know, connected to you. So, for example, when you build communities over LinkedIn or Facebook, okay, you would end up acquiring and people who follow you would also have a similar interest. So, your network will become much more strong and it's very focused on, on a specific deliverable. Your marketing message uh, would have a higher, uh, you know, reach and higher engagement with the target audience you're trying to target and uh, resolve. Uh, you pave uh, uh, the way that brings, uh, that makes you like an industry expert during the process because the more focused you are, what you do is you, in order, you know, you would, you would emphasize on your skills, you will try to learn more and more things to, you know, better uh, do this project or execute this project and uh, 
you'll enjoy the process and in and in in the due process of you know me enhancing yourself and educating yourself more you have a much more a better understanding of how the market is or this specific market you're trying to cater to so if tomorrow if anybody wants or you know to have you on a speaking engagement you are automatically position yourself as an industry go to expert uh, another thing which i have also noticed is that the more uh, you niche down the more you specialize your efficiency also improves because imagine if you have to relentlessly do one thing over and over again for an extended duration what it does is that it just makes it you know the process even better you know you 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 have a, a standard operating procedure in mind you know what are the components you need to focus on so as you grow your efficiency and automation process also improves and and needless to say that because you're specifically resolving a specific problem in the market it also increases profitability because you can demand a higher price for your expertise now things which you have to do while niching down is to focus on your strength specifically now as a designer i was i was forced when i initially started my education i was forced to actually acquire a lot of skills which include visual effects motion design uh, graphics in general uh, you know identity design and many many other areas you know you know people wanted me to acquire you know i, I just find it very stupid that you know how can you actually be good and be the best at all these deliverables it's next to impossible so what i did is that as a business i focused on my core strength so i was very fascinated with identity design so i that's the area which i specialized in you know hence you see the name of my show brand identity design that's what i am skilled i'm specifically communicating a very specific message to a specific target audience and it just helps it what it also does is that you're able to deliver a higher quality as a result your clients are more satisfied leading to more referrals you have repeat uh, business opportunities not only from existing clients but also from newer prospect your clients would end up referring uh, people with similar interests to you and uh, yeah and you you have the ability to charge more you know like i said uh, before now finding the right niche or a sub niche is not easy because not all of them are equal uh, because evaluating that your brand while you're building up your brand you do have your strength you also have your weaknesses you also need to identify the gaps in the market okay and uh, you also need to ensure that the market is sizable enough uh, to reach those potential audience and profit from them i think this is the aspect which many entrepreneurs don't really focus on because we think it's all about niching down narrowing down if the market is not really large enough and you can't make a profit out of it it's pointless to have that niche so you need to study that in detail okay i'm going to eventually stop my rant okay i have a few notes left you know about niching down and positioning so i'm just going to finish that and we will open uh the room uh so that we can uh, not ask me questions but you know we can just have uh you know continue this conversation a little further and you guys can share your thoughts and i can share mine so how to niche down uh the best way uh, you know i think classical marketing explains niching down with a process called stp Okay now STP stands for segmentation targeting and positioning. Now segmentation means identifying your customers and their needs. Targeting pretty straightforward focused on a particular group uh or groups. Uh Seth Godin 
uh, he's a he's a marketer and an author and his book he speaks about minimum viable audience mva okay that's targeting and positioning is how you position your brand in the target mark in, in your target customer's mind how you make yourself uh, different from your competitors even better how you make your competition completely irrelevant okay now while you're actually doing uh, you know the classification you know uh, with segmentation targeting and positioning it has to be measurable that means first the first thing which you want to do is find out the number of people who fall under this segment second you want to make sure that you identify if we can access them what is the point in having a market segment if you can't talk and interact with them to find out more information so it has to be an accessible market the third thing it has to be very very substantial that means it should be significant enough in terms of volume so that you can monetize from it like i said before you know it has to be substantial enough to profit from them uh, another thing is that it has to be aligned that means your niche has to resonate uh, with your brand values whatever you're trying to build okay if it is not in conjunction to what your beliefs are it's pointless to have that niche you probably may want to try something else so if there is any uh, dissonance then I, i think it's better to look for another segment now how can you find uh, your niche very simple uh, what you can do is you can start with a simple search on google you can start uh, from wikipedia it it's a good uh, way of identifying your niche you can also look at google trends do a bit of industry research google trend data is very very crucial i have suggested a lot of my clients to actually work on this it gives you in depth analysis not only geographically but also gives you uh what kind of keyword or search term was used for this specific trend in a period of let's say 30 days 60 days 90 1 month 2 months 3 months or 5 years whatever you know you can segregate it down you know however you want and you can get more precise information uh industry research is good uh google search suggestions so, so for an example you go on to google put a few keyword in and google will automatically populate uh what kind of relevant search was there for this specific term so if i search you know let's say uh, a good restaurant okay uh, you know, let's say a shrimp restaurant so it will say shrimp restaurants xyz you know i th- i think you guys get the idea pricing standard is something which many entrepreneurs don't focus on specifically when setting up their businesses uh, this is this means uh, the amount of risk you take and what is the reward expected to achieve out of it so so you need to find out if the market can actually pay you enough so that you can sustain as a business and is it actually worth pursuing you can read a lot of blogs watch even video logs join groups on facebook linkedin you can be associated with a physical group or an online group you can also do even surveys like quantitative surveys or qualitative surveys okay so so quantitative surveys are basically just online surveys that you push to people and qualitative surveys is mostly like you know a one on one interaction uh with a prospect or your ideal target audience just to understand their pain point you can also use uh, the social media advertisement tools because it gives you a lot of insights about a potential audience uh, all social medias uh, 
yeah if you want to do a promotion it gives you audience insights you know it gives you demographics psychographics interests what is the volume of people in a specific location you don't have to subscribe for an ad you can just use the tool just to analyze the market and the potential the number of users online you know depending upon what your product is you can also use google keyword planner uh, i think it's a pretty uh, nice tool it gives you insights on cpc cost per click okay it also gives you a better understanding of how much uh, you know this specific key term is accessible and used on a specific demographic or geography it helps you to filter and narrow things down you know and these are all free resources guys you know you don't have to spend a, any sort of money you just have to be analytical while approaching it you can speak to your niche very you know interesting if you if you know someone who is an ideal fit uh, as a target audience on what you're trying to deliver just speak to them have a conversation try to understand their pain points observe them i think observation also helps observing your ideal uh, customers behavior on how they act behave in a in a present environment also gives you a lot of insights whether your product would be a good fit whether you know how they feel about it what kind of solution are they looking at stuff like that so this is about niching i hope you know that gives you guys a good perspective i'm just going to invite a few people up thank you just tiffany and melissa for joining our conversation so i'm going to start uh with melissa melissa is there do you have anything you like to contribute or any questions you like to ask me melissa Say thank you this is an excellent topic can you hear me yeah loud and clear Okay, perfect. I've learned so much from you speaking for the last 24 minutes. I have like a page full of notes. Thank you so much for all of this information. I truly appreciate it. Hey, no problem. I'm I'm glad that you you are able to get benefit out of it. I think I'm on a rant to be quite personal because I didn't plan my guest not to be here, guys. So So if I if you find uh, anxiety and stress in my voice it's just normal I'm just trying to go play <laughs> going around just making sure you know we still have an episode because today is my season 3 uh, episode 1 and I don't want it to go waste plus you know I have a lot of my friends including you guys who are here so I'm very very appreciative of that so I just thank you so much for that Melissa I want to say uh, acknowledge Tiffany Uh, she's a very very close friend you know same as melissa and just and tanya who has joined so tiffany how are you and uh, is there anything you like to contribute hello and um you're doing great jason um what a wonderful start to season 3 episode 1 and um yeah i've learned a lot in the past 24 minutes as well and um oh Leslie's coming up as a speaker as well. But um it's so true. So when I was starting the, my radio show like seven and a half years ago, um Tam Talk Radio asked if I wanted to do a psychology show. And the way I can relate to what you're saying is um I said, yeah, they wanted me to have just like a mental health show where people would call in nobody was really calling in consistently so i started telling or asking people to call in and then i ended up with guests and people would always say well, what's your show about what's your show about I'm like it's a mental health show but it's a variety of different topics cuz mental health covers so many things so they um 
so for those that don't know me, my name is Tiffany Warner, and I host Moments of Clarity with Tiffany, and it's on all, all podcasts and radio and anything. Anyway, so, but ending the stigma on mental health was my niche or niche, whatever, however you pronounce it. And and finding guests with inspirational stories, exceptional guests with inspirational stories had to be my thing because nobody quite knew what it was about. Like I had to have a target audience, a target um, identity and, and brand it. And I'm still working on the branding thanks to Jason, but um, unless we have a specific thing or like specialty, like I'm a licensed mental health counselor, I specialize with, and et cetera, et cetera, at-risk youth and um, sexual abuse survivors and marriage family counseling and, and so forth. Um, that would be my identity, right? And that's what brings target clients my way. And I think that's what you're saying is that it's important for us to be able to just identify with one thing so that we have the target audience that wants to listen or to come to you for help or to hire you or that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It it becomes easy for people to just memorize things that way. When you say mental Mm -hmm. health, you know, it's like many people do mental health. Like, you know, if you be a little more specific, like people remember it for an example, uh, Tiffany, when we met and I said, you know, I'm into identity design. You remember it, right? Like, I don't have to explain much. Like, you know, you remember, okay, this is what I do. Okay, now the thing is, when you have something which is pretty mass or for the mass audience, people don't remember it. And uh, what it niching does is that it helps you to position yourself uh, in a way that, you know, people remember you. And pe- if people remember you and if you're in the back of their mind, the probability of they reaching out to you for that specific need and you converting that opportunity, you fulfilling that opportunity... And, and getting benefiting out of it, the chances are actually high. And that's what we are trying to do. So something which you guys probably don't know, Tiffany, again, is, is like a family friend to me. And it's actually her birthday today. So happy birthday to you, Tiffany. That's one. And I'm Thank gonna... you, Jason. <laughs> and and I, I have this uh, song, you know, which I found To on... wish me a happy birthday. <laughs> I actually turned a year older yesterday my time because <laughs> it was it was my birthday 12 o'clock in india already and i'm like don't age me faster dude but uh, but also with brand identity back to that um and thank you for the birthday wish by the way um i keep seeing them going across my screen from notifications from social media it's kind of this this is a blessing to sort of survive another year in whatever our world's going through. But anyway, so one thing about brand identity is you got to put forth a lot of time and effort into taking pictures and making a market for yourself. Right, Jason? Lots of pictures <laughs> and lots of, <laughs> lots of making yourself very much, um, Put out there that people can recognize and not only that but your your promos of yourself have to be striking where people might want to stop and look melissa thank you for that happy birthday photo <laughs> do all that anyway i really know how to log in to clubhouse but anyway 
Yeah, I I got this song so. also for you. Uh, I'm just gonna play it. the song and uh, that, that was a great way to <laughs> celebrate my birthday that just made my day <laughs> thank you all. thank you for the birthday i don't know how to, you guys do that but thank you so much with the pictures and everything but that would be a birthday brand design <laughs> if it was branding <laughs> a birthday right thank you for the song jay said hey, no problem but, but i gotta tell you listening to brand identity design and and like Jason said, we're very close friends and, and I would consider like more like family, but um, it was hard for me to understand what brand identity design really was, even when I first met Jason. And as we go through it and he's been helping me with my brand identity, knowing what to do and how to remain consistent, but, but sparkle at the same time, so to speak. And he knows what he's doing um, beyond a doubt um, the host of the show and um, it, there's no anxiety or anything in your voice like, you're doing great if anything I think I've taught him on a brand identity design mess up <laughs> when your guest doesn't show up how to not freak out but um, I think you're doing great but to make to make yourself I um, like we've had you've had guests on before, but like how like when you see Pepsi Cola, you know that it's that, or you think of um, ET when you see Reese's Pieces or whatever. Things just are just identified with one another, and and finding a way to be able to do that um, to make yourself stand out, like Ray Ray and her pink Ferrari, like Melissa, education specialist Leslie, health and you know, mood affects the health and um in your gut that people know like what people do when you get to know them because of their brand. Am I right, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And th- and thank you so much for that, Tiffany. I appreciate your love and support, including everybody else who's here. I wanted to just acknowledge just Tanya, Leslie, Amy and Ray Ray. Thank you guys for being here. Just how are you? It's been a really, really long time. Uh great to see you. And uh, do you have anything you like to contribute, uh, you know, about this discussion we are having? I think just might be a way. Just can you hear us? Uh, please flash your mic if you're available. Okay, so let's actually move on to Tanya. Tanya, thank you so much. Uh, how are you? Great to see you. Is there anything you like to contribute to this discussion? Hey, it's been so long, Jason. How are you Hi, doing, Tanya. first of all? Oh, hello, Tiffany. Hello, hello, everybody. Um, Jason, thank you for welcoming me up on stage. And great even to um, 
you know, all these new, new little things that Clubhouse, I think I said it into your room, your um, your chat room earlier <laughs> in the month, you know, all these new little apps that Clubhouse actually has. It's, it's quite cool being able to, you know, to join, join all these new little things. But um, but equally, it's really good to be able to just go ahead and have like a, a really cool network to be able to invite people directly to. Right. So excellent stuff. And yeah, as you know, this is like um, one of my favorite topics because obviously what I do, I'm a branding specialist and I literally help um, small, well, I guess medium um, business owners um, to literally go ahead and stand out from their competition. And the idea of niching down is super key. And I especially, especially encourage anybody that I work with or equally anybody that I speak to, to find a way of literally speaking to that target audience because what it does it allows you to um, literally just be on a common ground with them right I think the more and more you know about that specific person that you are trying to target and that's not to ever say that you're ignoring everybody else but it is literally helping you to focus on that one person for the time being because the more and more you get to just focus that message is the more and more you get to literally build a proper relationship, you know? And I think a lot of the time as business owners, we forget about that part. I say we, some people out there forgetting about that part. And it's, and it's a super crucial, crucial point and element that everybody should be aware of. It's all about that relationship building. You've got to make sure that you have that commonality factor to be able to talk to somebody, even when you're not physically there, but even whether it be through your social media assets or your website assets, all that kind of stuff. I always call them like your talking tools. The minute you get to have that sort of niched um, messaging directed to them is the minute that they actually get to understand that you understand them. So Jason, you know me, I love all this kind of a topic and it is super, super key to be able to niche down. And even like when I talk to people now, I've, I've now sort of, you know, niche it down even further. You know, what about those business owners? Um, for me, it's about the time poor business owners, the people who are literally losing their focus because they don't know where to start or how to make sure that they boost their visibility in the best possible kind of a way. And because I know that, I then know how to talk to them directly. And equally, that's how I encourage my clients to just be able to make sure that they equally know their audience as well, like really well. Like, are they women? Are they men? You know, what what kind of industry are they working in? All that kind of stuff. And I think, yeah, just having all those asset aspects and assets underneath your tool, tool belt or in your tool belt is just super key to have. Because as I said, it just helps you to talk to your audience all the more better and be able to relate and build on that relationship all the more better. So, yeah, that's me, Tanya, and I'm done speaking. I love that, Tanya. Thank you so much for sharing that. I agree with you 100%, 100%. Having that narrow focus and narrow target audience just helps you to communicate better uh, in the event. And it's not necessary, guys, that you know once you figure out a target niche that means it's engraved on the stone and you can't like you know switch or uh, move into other directions it just helps you to focus now if you don't find it to be a good niche you can always regroup 
and and try something else it gives you the flexibility to you know move into different directions now imagine the amount of money you would end up saving if you have a smaller segment of audience uh, you were focused on in comparison to a mass market and that's why and that's one of the reason why everybody says that you know niching helps another point which i also want to make uh, is that if the if the market does not if the market does not really have somebody who is actually doing what you're doing okay then it's okay to generalize i i feel that you know if there is nobody doing what you're doing it's okay to generalize and and be in that market but at the same time if there are too many people doing the same thing uh what you're doing and if you don't want to compete on price then it's better to differentiate and that differentiation factor really helps so thank you so much for that uh, contribution tanya i really really appreciate it uh, let's actually hear from just just please flash your mic if you if you are available he had a little bit of technical glitch okay just nice to uh, see just you once <laughs> how are you just and uh, is there anything you like to contribute to this discussion yeah definitely i'm great jason and and echoing what others have said no stress in your voice whatsoever it just uh, feels like this is the way it was supposed to be from the beginning um and that sort of leads to the point i was going to make which is you know there's a, a hidden layer to um brand identity and and especially to niching down that comes way before any visual aspects or any kind of marketing aspects and that's um authenticity and effectiveness you know you were talking about that adoption cycle and when you talk about those alpha users and beta users and early adopters those folks latch on to your brand and to what you do because of your authenticity and your effectiveness if you're if you're not achieving that if you're just doing flashy marketing uh then you're really just kind of a churn and burn type business you're always seeking new um clients not because you want to grow but because you're replacing people who've left um because you've missed out on that and just as as uh <clears throat> excuse me i i apologize i forgot who it was that was speaking a minute ago tanya actually tanya, just as tanya yes. was talking about in resonating with your audience that's part of that authenticity and effectiveness and especially when you're in a really crowded marketplace before you've decided how you're going to niche down uh you're competing with a lot of others and a good majority of those folks don't have that authenticity right they're just selling something uh and so they're not really putting in the work on the background on the foundation uh and that's going to inform what happens in the end when you create sort of that visual identity and and what you're known for um and also as a business owner um you can trick yourself into thinking that you are more um successful or effective than you are because if you're targeting a broad audience those folks are much more broadly receptive to things and so they're going to take almost any message that you give them if it's flashy enough and you think that you're doing well but when you kind of look back you can see that a lot of people drop off and what not if they're not matched up with your message and with the thing that you're providing so i think that that hidden layer is super critical to have some type of authenticity and and sort of a a a, a compass for yourself um and when you stick to that it doesn't really matter what, what niche you go into or what audience you're serving as long as you have kind of that wayfinding this is just i'm out 
Oh, love that, Just. Thank you. Thank you so much. So nice to hear you uh, after quite a long time. And I appreciate this contribution as well. I totally agree with authenticity. Your brand, while you're developing your brand, uh, you have your own values. Uh, you know, you have your beliefs. Okay, and you want to stick to it. You want to be true to uh, true to that and s stick with it uh, because that's what makes you uniquely you as a company. And you don't want to jeopardize that for anything you know which is out there. Okay, stick to it, and and people who resonate with that uh, will will approach you. All you have to do is and. Uh, See, when you do niching and positioning, when you do all these things, uh, you know, people expect immediate results. It just takes a while because being able to discover you from this large pool of audience is a little challenging. So when you do these marketing, so it's possible you may have to do a couple of them and you have to strategize it. Uh, you know, in different ways just to figure out how it goes. What I can truly tell you is that, you know, once you specialize in a niche, once they find you, they will stick to it. I get at least two to three phone calls every month from bigger marketing agencies in India as well as abroad asking me advice on which direction you can go uh, Okay, with this identity project. They feel lost, confused, and they want my opinion. Okay, I find it strange because I'm not even, uh, uh, you know, like I didn't, I don't even have an education, uh, you know, like those folks. I didn't even go to design school. I learned all these things by myself. What it, what, what it tells me is that, you know, your specialized focus helps you to have a better understanding of certain things. Like you can see a problem which the other person is unable to see or express. Okay, now this is not me bragging about. Uh, you know, my expertise in identity design, I'm just saying uh, is that, it, you know, just people would admire your opinion and they see value in it and they would reach out to you. They know exactly who to reach out if if they want a solution to this specific problem. And that's what I am targeting and that's what I recommend you to also do. I want to welcome Amy uh, to the stage. Again, a close friend. So nice to see you. Amy, how are you? And uh, is there anything you'd like to contribute to this discussion? Please flash your mic if you're available. Amy? Yeah, thank Hi, you. Jason. Good morning, everyone. Um, Jason, I'm, I'm, I apologize. I'm going to be listening in. I'm at the office today, but I won't be able to speak much. So I hope that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Thank you so much for that. Right. I, but I will be listening in. Yeah, no problem. No problem, Amy. Thank you so much for that. So I just wanted to welcome Leslie. Leslie, I'm so sorry. I, I think the PTR order got shifted out uh, as I refreshed. Uh, so thank you so much for your patience. Uh, uh, Leslie is a very close friend of mine. We have helped her in developing her brand. Also, partially, slightly confused. And I, I think we gave out a little clarity to help her out so so she's very close and i really love what her business is doing she's a bio strategist and she's into the health and functional space so leslie if you're available please flash your mic welcome to the podcast how are you hi hello jason yes i'm in route to another meeting but before first of all i want to say thank you for having me up tiffany wishing you such wonderful birthday you know wishes for a happy and healthy year and um Yay, yeah I'm, 
I haven't really been on Clubhouse because business ventures, um, just new collaborations, and it's taking me off of Clubhouse. So um, I just want to say hello to everybody and finding really, like you're saying, your true authentic self because we all have our own stories. And um, that's the beauty of social media and finding who we resonate with because we're not going to attract everybody in the world. The people that we attract are the people that we can um, help in our journey, especially for me in health and wellness and balance in life and just um, being yourself, you know, pursuing your passions, your dreams and goals and never giving up. And with that, I will um, pass the mic back to you, Jason. Thanks a lot. Take care, everybody. Hey, thank you so much for that, Leslie. Always nice to hear from you. Des uh, Leslie, Tiffany, myself, and uh, who else? Cook. We have a private group, which we chill. I don't know what, what the hell we do, but, you know, we just have fun. <laughs> but we so, group chat and talk bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to acknowledge Rere. Thank you so much. Rere, how are you? So nice, So nice to see you. Uh, after quite a while, we have not really spoken. I will surely connect. Uh, if you're available, please flash your mic. Is there anything you'd like to contribute? Sure. I would like to say happy birthday to Tiffany and um, happy Win Win Wednesday to everyone. And I'm so delighted to hear uh, cre creative talent being um, rise towards the future. So. And um, should I add to, I, I don't think you could ever, I know I always have this problem with, um, you know, design and I, you know, like with logos and identification, it's very hard to niche down to me personally, because, you know, I don't know, I, I was, when you were saying it and how to narrow it down, I was thinking is it the difference between living in uh, New York City and, and not in the same state? Because in New York, sometimes you could be busy on one thing, you have to drop it and go to another thing. You have to research and do things on certain days. So I always feel, yes, you can niche down, but it depends on how many minutes, how many segments, you know? So I deal with it a different way than most people. And um, a lot of people don't deal with only it's very few people that do it that way. You know, like I heard um, um, Evan Carmichael, <clears throat> he does his totally different, you know, his niche and down. And um, no, he doesn't go the Seth Gordon way, but in he doesn't go the Gary Vanichuk way. He doesn't go my way. He goes the Evan way. So I think niche and down can't always be scientifically factual. I think you have to do it, modify it towards your personality in a way. So like Evan, for instance, he always, cause I met him, his group, his wife, everyone, they're from Canada. And he was saying how he, he doesn't niche down. He just does it on days. So he might do, um, cause his brand is more videos and he writes and stuff. So he might do videos just on one day, him and his crew, then he might write, then he might do this. So it, it's, it's, it's niching it, but it's to everybody has a different way of niching. So it's very difficult for me to, you know, even though I went to school and I always, you know, try to understand, um, why you should do it, but it's very complicated because we're all different. 
And I think you have to pick, you know, like I noticed that you picked um, uh, um, Seth Gordon and I noticed that you picked, um, I forgot his name, uh, Simon. Simon. Um, <laughs> right. I noticed that you p placed them, you tend to like their, I always think you have to look at the round of scientific picture of what all that you consume in order to niche down. And everybody has their own individual style. That's how I feel about it. I don't think it's it's a scientific formula. I don't think it's going to ever be a formula because some days you're going to be doing writing. Some days, you know, you're going to be writing your customers. You're going to be emailing your customers. You're going to be doing videos towards your brand, your customer. So it's very difficult to um, get in that mindset for me personally. I'm not saying everybody has to do it, but I think it's your style. And I think that's what a lot of people miss in niching down. And I'm Ray Ray, and just in case you didn't notice, I'm in a hot pink Ferrari, and I'm parking. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that, Ray Ray. I appreciate your contribution. So, so guys, you know, that's what, what, what we wanted to speak about now. I also wanted to share a bit of insights on positioning. So, positioning, Annalise's explanation. Okay, let me just bring that slide up. So, what Annalise says about positioning. Okay, so okay, let me just shift my slides. Okay, so she states the goal with positioning is to occupy a place in people's heart and mind and to eliminate your competition. That's what positioning is about. In marketing terms, I think in, in marketing world, I think positioning is a creative, is a process of creating a distinct mental position or a unique image of a product or a service in the mind of your customer. I think it's pretty much the same, maybe just complex words in comparison with other products or brands which already exist in the marketplace. Now, brand positioning is one of the most uh, important aspect when it comes to brand creation. Okay, many marketers and designers would agree to me. Positioning is broadly classified into three types. One is functional, second is symbolic, and the third one is experiential. Now, functional, uh, this, is, this is used when a brand or a product provides solution to a problem and provides benefits uh, to a customer. It focuses on function, benefits, utility, uh, that it gives to the customer. That's what functional is. Symbolic, on the other hand, this is useful for creating a brand image, which helps to create a brand equity, a sense of social belonging, ego identification. It's when a customer has affection to, uh, when a customer has affection or social connection, ego identification, etc. You know, a good example would be, you know, those expensive cars like you know Mercedes or Rolls Royce. But, you know, it just gives you a say a symbolic image. The third one is experiential. Uh, this creates sensory and cognitive simulation of the mind of the customers. It's also one of the basics of the experiences which the customer can relate to. Now, a company can over time decide uh, to change the way how people perceive a brand. And many of you guys may have seen this. They revamp their logo, slogan, uh, and and even update their vision, uh, you know, vision statement. Also, many companies over a course of time achieve their vision, and they would want to reposition themselves again because they want to, you know, progress towards something else. 
okay now this process is called as repositioning of a brand it helps you to create a different image so maybe you guys have observed it now the key factors of positioning strategy is number one is product features a product uh, you know how the product looks feels appears in the marketplace you can use it to highlight a value and create a positioning around it second is utility and benefit as i said previously it takes into account the value which a product gives which is needed uh, which needs are solved of your client uh, ex example would be let's say 50 percent savings in electricity expenses i think that's a good example of utility and benefits I think number three, which I want to go ahead with is use categories. It defines how your product can be used. Uh, all the different use case scenarios can be used and creating a compelling positioning around it. Fourth one is occasion. Uh, you know, the time, event, occasion when a product can be used. Halloween is a nice example. Christmas association with an, uh, an event and you can create a strong positioning around it. Competitive comparison is the fifth one. Uh, positioning can also be done uh, compared to a competitive offering. This can be done by a lot of existing companies to position themselves so that you know they have a better point of parity or a point of differentiation to create better positioning. So I don't know if you guys are aware of it. You know, there's this is a very cool uh, thing which I found on Wikipedia, I think a few months back, which speaks about a uh, point of parity, P-A-R-I-T-Y and point of differentiation. So I would highly recommend you guys to actually explore this on Wikipedia because it's super, super cool. Point of parity are those elements that are considered mandatory for a brand to be considered as a legitimate competitor, a competitor in a specific category. And what makes the com you know it this is what makes the customer consider your brand along with a competitor's brand. That's what point of parity means. An excessive uh, degree of differentiation would cause goods or services lose its standard, uh, but not having differentiation that would not benefit businesses as well. So in order to avoid excessive differentiation, adopting a point of parity uh, would be the solution. So I'm just reading out stuff, guys, you know, which I jotted down. I'm being very blunt and honest with you. So I would recommend you to read this a little more. I'm also learning simultaneously. And I, I think this gives out a lot of uh, information. Uh, now, there are a few examples of positioning which I jotted down. So let's say uh, we speak about an aspirational brand. So I think Nike is a good example because it speaks about, you know, just doing it, very aspiring, uh, you know, directed towards athletes. Let's say emotional. Okay, if we speak about uh, it. Yeah. The Nike. Yeah. Picture. Um, just do it. <laughs> so, so i know why she's laughing because i remember you know finding out wrapper. a condom wrapper <laughs> with nike's image and and you know we keep bullshitting on that group if you remember guys so i sent out that picture i was like you know guys a nice strong marketing by nike <laughs> so so thank you it was hilarious <laughs> 
So the next thing which I wanted to say was emotional. So let's say let's talk about an emotional brand. I think Coca Cola is a nice example of being an emotional brand because they kind of you know lean on to happiness. Whenever we I see this marketing message, it's always about happiness, people smiling, you know, stuff like that. You know, if if there is something like price base or heavy heavy emphasized on price quality, I think Rolls Royce is a nice example. Uh, trust, uh, it delivers excellence, stuff like that. You know, uh, if I think of problem solution, a good example would be let's say uh, you know you have dandruff. Okay, you want to have dandruff-free hair. I I I don't remember any other brand apart from Head and Shoulders was which was able to communicate that message. Like if I think of dandruff, I think I would go to Head and Shoulders by default. For example, when we speak about toothpaste, how we have Colgate in mind. I'm just saying an example, something similar. Uh, if the so so Colgate would be a nice example for benefits. Like you know, it prevents cavity. you know if you have bad breath i think colgate is 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 a really cool example so i wanted to pause there uh, because uh, on season 3 onwards i have made a decision that i am not going to actually you know rant and extend the show to 90 minutes we're going to break it down and come back to the 60 minute mark so i think we started off and it's we are about to reach the 60 minute mark so i want to wrap it there and going forward all my shows would be scheduled in that fashion uh, it will be broadcast on clubhouse and linkedin simultaneously okay and we will hope for the best and we will try to wrap it up within 60 minutes i wanted to personally thank each and everybody for you know being here i just wanted to get final thoughts from people on stage so let's start with tiffany do you have anything uh, you like to share towards the end before we wrap up tiffany no great show especially um whoever was supposed to be on I hope that they're okay. Um and it just shows how many friends that you do have that just kind of like wake up and oh Jason's on and I'm just going to put my phone next to my computer and kindly listen to this show and then I'm on like oh shit I'm on because you're a guest in the show. <laughs> Trying to blow my nose and clear my voice to get ready to talk. <laughs> um you got a love a lot of love and support and um even if we're not experts on the topic we can relate in some form of manner um that cuz you are the expert and we can just ask questions and give um some feedback even if it's not pertinent or expert advice to exactly the topic but most everyone that's on here is an entrepreneur of some sort where we can at least even share our setbacks and um things of that nature and how to get through them. And um I know from being a live radio host for almost 8 years when your guest doesn't show up it's horrible. Um and to have people just step in because you don't want to know you just don't want to rant like what you call it or just improv I would call it for 60 minutes like not knowing what to talk about like it's happened to me before um and it's put you in a state of panic cuz nobody wants you know radio silence and if it's a topic or somebody coming on a show about something that you don't know exactly what they're talking about then it could lead into a panic and i think you did great i just want to congratulate you on that yeah and- i mean there's a lot 
to do with you know watching you do your show so a lot of inspiration yeah because i mess up a lot <laughs> live radio you have to love live radio because uh, you can't you can't predict it because i get live callers i get live chat comments you can't structure that and you never know which angle it's going to go or if the microphone is going to work on the guest or the lighting or uh, like I had to do a replay last Friday because lightning hit the radio station in Tampa Bay and uh, and the the station was off. Like So it's like just you just never know what to do, but it's how we handle a crisis that defines our character most of the time. And just roll with it you know we have to adapt to change i know that not everything is going to be perfect but being able to be to laugh at ourselves sometimes <laughs> makes it good um and to be like oh well shit happens but you know we're just going to do the best with what we can and um but with what you're saying with the brand identity is as long as we've got that in check and people know that we've got our ducks in a row and that it doesn't always happen and we can't handle everything. We are not in control of lightning hitting a radio station or other people not showing up when they promised or whatever it is um, to, to just go with it. And the show must go on. People are here to listen. And sometimes it's like a blessing that I enjoyed listening to you today more than I probably would have enjoyed your guests. So just saying, could have been like we could have just dodged a bullet there. <laughs> but thank my, you for the birthday wishes. Yeah, absolutely. But my my guess is super cool. She just had a a little mix up with the schedule and uh, because she's. No, in I'm, saying, I'm glad that she's okay. Yeah. But I'm making a silver lining. I I'm glad that I mean listening to you, what you say rant was just as enjoyable as whoever your guest would have been. So, <laughs> well thank you so it was much a great show i mean if if you yeah. guys would have actually heard my initial seasons like the first time when i started it i would have been shit scared uh to be even reached this far you know i would have got into a panic mode and uh, i don't know maybe ended the room like you know fuck you like i can't do this <laughs> but you know i think eventually you know when you practice it you know you become calm yeah, yeah and you watch and you watch me mess up so many times <laughs> you're like how'd you do that i'm like i don't know just gotta go with it you're like well, if you can mess up and not look stupid that many times, I guess I can too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If any foreigner taught Jason how to mess up with grace, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to personally, uh, you know, just thank Karen. Karen joined us on LinkedIn. Thank you so much. Uh, I also want to uh, thank Cindy Lou, Mark, Bernice, and Brandon, L, and Sudarshan. Thank you so much, guys, uh, for being here i really really appreciate it let's actually hear from just and we're going to take final thoughts and you know wrap this up so just uh do you have any thoughts you'd like to share before we wrap up yeah uh i think it was a great show it was a solid show today and even with that little hiccup and it's a super interesting topic so i'm actually looking forward to when you bring your guest back on because i know you will uh i think we get out of these things uh, what we put into them. And, and I felt like you did a fantastic job of just pivoting and going with it. The other thing is, you know, uh, just for you to know, Jason, you've built up over these three seasons a huge um, cachet, your integrity, 
has an effect on all of these people that join you here. And so uh, when something like this happens, we're all ready to come in and contribute however we ha- we can. And that's because of who you are and how you've treated us. So appreciate you and uh, appreciate the group and happy birthday to Tiffany. And I uh, hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. And I couldn't agree more with what you just said. It's like, it's, we're just ready to jump on board because that's what he would do for us. And he's done that for me before. Like, where the technical difficulties on the live radio show, I can't hear my guest or I can't see them or something virtually. And I'm on live radio and he just says like messages in the chat, send me the link. And he comes on virtually in his pajamas and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Like, I'm Thank you. <laughs> like, I was kidding about the pajamas, but the time <laughs> no, no. difference. I mean, like literally, it's 10 p.m. his time when I'm on at noon. So he's just, you know, there and um and always like willing to go above and beyond for his friends. And it's one of the things that is just admirable. That's why um you've got so many supporters, Jason. Yeah, I appreciate that very, very much. And, and you and made and you made my birthday a special day already, and it, even yesterday, like technically it's your birthday in India, and I'm like, stop it, because <laughs> I am not a year older yet. <laughs> Although I'm looking at it like, I mean, to be able to say I survived a year after what everything is going on in the world, like the pandemic and the Ukraine and all sorts of things that people are suffering and I can say I'm a year older. I'm definitely getting my self care done though. I'm going to get some of my hair nails done so I can take those pictures. Jason has been bugging me about for brand identity, get a little touch up on Botox. And uh, <laughs> I think when people, I, you know, you know, I, I, I just want to be clear. I don't ask my clients to do Botox. I just tell her. <laughs> no, no, this is for me. I don't look, I have no filter nor shame in anything I do. If I'm going to do anything whatever, I'm not going to be ashamed of it. And I live by that motto. Don't do anything that if you found, if people found out you were doing then, and you would be embarrassed about it, then don't do it. Um, but because I get caught for everything and then, or accidentally spill, I don't know. I don't care anyway, but it would be my beauty day. And, um, that's for me, you know, that's what I want to do. Cause, and I think that also, this is just off topic, but I think it's kind of funny that people are like, so how old are you going to be? And I think women always have it wrong. People have it wrong. They say usually like, oh, they're so afraid to say 40 because they're stuck to 39, let's just say, whatever. But I'm starting to tell people I'm 10 years older. I'm like, hey, I'm 52 or 50, whatever. And they're like, you look great for your age. Because you say it younger. People are like, oh, okay, yeah. Good time to see that. You look great. You say it 10 years, 5 or 10 years older. They're like, no way. You look amazing for your age. I'd rather that reaction, like just age myself a little and have people be like, no way are you that old than people wondering if I'm younger. <laughs> I think, I think that's just Hey, Karen, if you want to come that. up, you know, just raise your hand. I would be happy to bring you up. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tiffany. Sorry. Anyway, I just, I just thought that was 
just an observation I've made that people have it wrong. So everybody, I'm in my 50s and happy. And I'm not really, though, but <laughs> that look great for my age, right? <laughs> hey. Hi. So I'm in Perth, Australia, so it's like 1 o'clock in the morning here. Uh-huh. Um, Hey, thank yeah, you. Thank I, you. It's early morning, Karen. So, you know, guys, if you're wondering where is this voice coming from, so it's actually coming from LinkedIn. So, Karen, thank you so much for being uh, this early and thank you so I much. I was for wondering. Ju- and I love the accent. I could listen to her speech. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, I just finished unpacking because I've just had to move back in with my mom at 49 years of age. It's a bit sad, but um yeah so um yeah no I don't do Botox but I have no judgment against anyone that decides that they want to and I never hide my age it was just my birthday just recently and I'm sorry I missed most of the um show but I will catch up on it and I'm wanting to transfer I guess from being an accountant to doing more marketing and stuff because I'm more of an entrepreneur and I've just been doing a radio show down under. Um, it's actually iplradio.org.au and it gets um, broadcast internationally. So, yeah, that's been exciting for me too. Good for you. That's awesome. Thank you. That, that is really lovely, Karen. Congratulations. Just give her the round of applause thing, Jason. Oh, you know what? Actually, my sound pads are actually full with other effects, so I don't have that, actually. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Karen. <laughs> That's okay. Karen, you, That's I'll okay. share with you what I use on my radio. You get the bell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, nice, nice, yeah, nice to actually hear you, and and thank you so much for being here. I I would have the show uploaded on Spotify and Apple and Google and other platforms in uh, you know let's say an hour okay. or two from now. Uh, it's just me speaking, having a monologue, and my friends supporting me, uh, such as yourself and you know others which you hear from Clubhouse. So thank you, thank you for that. So I think it's about time to wrap Thank this you up. For having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so lovely to hear your voice. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Tiffany, thank you. Just and whoever else who joined our conversation, thank you. Thank you very much. And a special thanks to Mark for uh, not only being present on LinkedIn and also on Clubhouse. Thank you, brother. Uh, appreciate your love and support. So we're going to wrap this up. I'm so, so glad we were able to wrap this up uh, in, in less than 90 minutes. So I think we went... Uh, to 70 I think we are getting there so thank you thank you thank you talk to you guys soon next week Wednesday at 12 Eastern Standard Time Uh, I'm going to be having a conversation with Melissa and we're going to have something really really cool next week so Wednesday at 12 Eastern Standard Time Night. Yeah.